You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the connoisseur French Thompson, and I appreciate each and every one of you all for coming in, tuning in, listening today on whatever platform that you have chosen to uh, to bless your ears today. And um, if this is your first time, again, thank you for tuning in. Love for you to like, share, subscribe, become a member of this community which I affectionately have started to call this season the connoisseurs. So uh, to all of those uh, returning listeners, welcome back connoisseurs. I know that you all love to learn and hear something interesting every Monday that helps to enhance your lifestyle and um, and help you get better to where you are. So we're going to dig right into it today because I'm excited about this topic. And um, the reason I am is because... uh, some of the best topics come out of impromptu conversations that you're having with the person. And um, the young lady that I have on the podcast today, I've actually known for a long time, which is kind of crazy as I think about it. I've known known her for a long time, but we got reacquainted uh, as the media of social allows you to. And uh, she had a post uh, today as of the recording of this podcast where she was about to go to the gun range and, um, you know, I kind of asked her a couple of questions about it. And I said, hey, would you like to come on to the podcast? And she was like, sure, sure. No problem. So uh, today I have Indra Gibson on the podcast. Welcome to the All Things Fine and Gentry podcast. Indra. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talk to you today. Awesome. So as you all know, we are a um, audio only podcast. But for my remote guest, I get to um, oh, chat with them via Zoom. So uh, Indra's shaking her head, not knowing what type of um, path this questions or these questions will go down, but it will be fun. So um, <clears throat> I know you all are like, OK, French always knows a whole bunch of random people. So how do, how do you know her? Well, um, I'll, I'll say this is, you know, first, I like for folks to introduce themselves, but I'll give a little a little piece here. So back in middle school. I went to middle school with uh, Indra's sister, Savitri, and we were cool back in middle school and everything like that. And and we went to separate high schools. So we went to high schools like, hey, this is a real cool friend of mine. So everybody started driving. I roll over to the crib. Um, I don't know. He's probably going to a party or doing something. I don't remember what it was, but um, rolled over to her crib and um, her uncle, uh, you know, kind of a a stout guy, I guess I would call it. Um, he's like, Hey, uh, let me holler at you. Let's, uh, let's go into the basement. And now I'll see Savitri and I have never, we were never romantic or anything like that. Like truly like a road dog. So he takes me downstairs and in the basement, there's a gun manufacturing plant in the basement <laughs> and there are, you know, shot em- empty shotgun shells. There are, uh, uh barrels of gunpowder I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And he's like, you know, the typical talk, don't, you know, do anything to my knees, da 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 da. I'm like, dude, we're just, we're, we're just, we're friends. This is, I mean, probably any other young person, young lady, 
it might be a, a reasonable conversation to have, but we just cool. And so that always stuck with me. And uh, and so I knew Intra from obviously her sister. And, you know, we all used to hang out and kicking and stuff like that. So that's how we know each other. So with that start, uh, Intra, just kind of tell you, tell us who you are, where you're from, um, and if you uh, care to share kind of what you do now. And then we'll dig right into it. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm Indra Gibson. Um, I'm from PG County, Maryland. Um, what do I do now? Let's see. Well, I do a few things because I am a firm believer of Black people, especially having multiple streams of income. Nice. So my main job is I work for a main insurance company or a major insurance company as a technical supervisor. So I build applications, write code, quality check the code, et cetera. Lots of boring stuff. I am also a certified birthing doula. I am an event planner and I own property. So that's what I do now. Hey, so um, <laughs> y'all know we started off this podcast season talking about being the VC of your life, venture capitalist and private equity owner of your own life here. But uh, we have so many people that are connected um, in in improving their finances. And so we definitely going to have you back on about how, how to leverage multiple streams of income and not burn Absolutely. yourself out. Yeah. So, uh, so let's dig right into it. So I kind of told the story about, you know, your uncle, et cetera. How, how did you get into firearms? How did you get into, um, into your, your hobby, your love, your uh, passion for, for guns? He is actually the person who introduced me to firearms um, he was a police officer in Prince George's County, so we had guns in the house. So he felt it was necessary at my age. I was 13. I, I just want to say this. You you minimize it. You all didn't have guns in the house. You had an armory in the house. We did. We, did. we had, um, I believe we had 22 guns. If I, oh, goodness, let's see if I can remember. We had about 15 rifles and about seven handguns. And I actually learned how to shoot on a rifle. Nice. And in middle school, I was teeny tiny, 13 years old, about probably 85, 90 pounds, <laughs> ripping wet. And I'm out at the gun range, outdoors, shooting a rifle at distance. So I don't know if um, if you've ever shot a rifle at distance. It's yeah. not the easy thing. So no, for my own me out there and that to be my first experience and I'm just like okay this is a normal day <laughs> because that's all I knew so that was my first experience and just learning in a safe environment yeah. it really cultivated my love for guns that's and weird. I still care with me today so so if you think back to that 13 year old you and sitting out there on the range etc what what was that conversation like right how how was how did he introduce you to to essentially firearms and the understanding of what they are, what they do and how you um, essentially have a, an appreciation or respect for them. Like, do you remember like that conversation, how that went? I do. It was a sit down conversation at the dinner table and the conversation went like, we have lots of guns in this house. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I know. And he said, I think it's important for you to understand how to shoot a gun how dangerous guns can be, but mm. also how safe guns can be and that they can save your life. Yeah. So that conversation has stuck with me to this day. Um, and I have children as well. So 
I think it's important to have that conversation for your children not to be scared of guns, not to be curious about guns, because, of course, if they see one anywhere, they're going to be curious about it. And if they don't know, then we know how that ends up. Mm. The conversation has just stuck with me throughout my life. That's real. So so my my dad was an um, airborne ranger in the Army. And um, I remember the first time that he uh, actually showed my sister and I his gun. He had a, you know, a rifle, twenty two. And he kind of just, you know, pulled it out of the case and kind of showed us, et cetera. And that was kind of, the, hey, that we have a gun in the house, you know, and you need the basic stuff, you know, always keep your barrel pointed towards the ground, you know, never put your finger on the trigger, all these types of things. But I remember, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, um, you know, we, we went out to a range with some folks from church. And uh, if anybody knows kind of PG County, really, if you're anywhere from the DMV, you have a very high likelihood of knowing somebody that is in the armed forces, that Absolutely. some type of law enforcement or even, I mean, be honest, special forces or something like that. So uh, we go out to somewhere in Southern Maryland to this guy's property. He got, you know, 20, 30 acres. Uh, and this, you know, is a men's trip from the church. It was kind of a men's fellowship. We go there probably on only five, 10 guys. Um, and we go to this dude's house and in his basement, like he has tactical gear. He has a, you know, net laying out that he's been, you know, weaving some type of camouflage net. He got stuff hanging all around. Of course, you know, this guy is like the, the, the usher at the church, right? Nobody is <laughs> ever was kind of looking like, what did we just get into? Um, and so we go out to there and he, we have a, a plethora of, of, of guns there, you know, handguns, rifles, shotguns. And, you know, we, we all shot through it. Now, this dude, you know, he wasn't playing around. I mean, he had this stuff strapped to his to his leg, all these things. So he's, you know, hot, pop, 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 pop. You know, he's a Rambo. He was he was Rambo with it. Like it wasn't even a halt. He probably was like, pop, 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 stop. Pop, 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 pop. Everybody's looking like you didn't even tell the dude to stop. But um he but so my dad's like, you know, taking me through the motions. Hey, you know, try this, understand this. And I remember the last thing that we shot was a shotgun. Uh, and uh, you know, I remember the, the recoil on that thing and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, like two days later, you know, bruises and stuff like that, because, you know, I mean, it's, this stuff is real. So, um, again, a healthy conversation and exposure to it, to where there wasn't this, uh, um, uneducated curiosity of kind of pursuing it. So, all right. So let's kind of just, you know, go a little bit deeper into your path, right? So 13 year old, you, you're out there, you uh, live atop of the DC armory. um, And then, uh, you know, you, you kind of progress through there. So when did you kind of decide that, Hey, this is actually something that I, um, I actually, you know, enjoy, I don't mind owning something and, and having this, you know, be something that I actually engage in. Like, when do you think that you, you, that clicked for you? So I think I had always been one to go to the range, but never really own a gun because I wasn't comfortable with having one in my house without mm. taking the proper training courses yet. So I had always remembered being interested in doing that and, wanting to do that. I think for me, when I first got my gun, I was probably maybe eight years ago, mm. I got my first gun. Um, and what was important for me was to make sure that I 
educated myself and I knew what kind of gun that I wanted. So a lot of people ask me all the time, Andrew, what kind of gun should I get? What kind of gun should I get? And that's the most difficult question for me to answer. Yeah. And it's solely based on, it depends on how big your hand is, how, you know, how much weight you want when you're operating a firearm, um, how much recoil can you handle, what's comfortable for you, the grip, this, like everything. Yeah. Every single gun is different. It's like telling you what kind of shoe is the best shoe to buy. You have to try them on. You have to try them out, see which one is most comfortable for you. Um, so I think that for me, it really clicked that I wanted a gun when I started living by myself. Mm. When I got my first property on my own, I said, okay, I need a weapon in the house to protect myself mm. because you never know. People think women are very vulnerable. Yeah. So I thought it was important for me to become more educated, take more classes, more training, get my license, and then get a gun. So what did you get? My first gun was a Glock 42. Mm. Um, it is still my baby. That <laughs> <laughs> I love that gun. Only because I can carry it with ease um, every single day. It's not heavy. It's a 380. It's got a good kick to it. Oh, yeah. Um, oil's great. I can handle it. It's lightweight. And it fits well in my hand because my hands are pretty small. Nice. So, that's so, my favorite. So, so you got one. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just, I guess just like your jobs and your properties, you decided that you couldn't just stop with one. So, yeah. you know, how, how did you uh, continue down this path? And, you know, as you started building out this, um, you know, your, your own collection, you know, what were some of the things that you were considering? Right. Because you said the first one was for protection. Right. Just to right. have that that peace of mind. And I, I truly enjoy and appreciate or uh, respect, the, you know, that you reiterated multiple times here, like, hey, there's training that comes along with it. There are responsibilities. We're digging to that kind of like what's that that path been and kind of how you guide people down there. But, um, you know, what, what, what made you say, hey, I actually want to have a few more because I know you have, you know, a, a few more. So what, 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 what encouraged you to go down that path? To be honest, COVID, when COVID mm-hmm. hit and Everything that's going on um, with our previous president, that sent, no pun intended, a trigger in me to Mm. say, okay, you need to become more prepared in the event that anything happens. So for me, a Glock 42 is an everyday carry, but it's not a home defense gun. So there's a difference in something that you carry around every single day versus something that you're using to actually protect your space of living. So I knew that when the pandemic hit, it might turn into Katrina where people are getting into people's houses, trying to toilet paper, whatever, you know, even though I'm not going to shoot somebody for just needing toilet paper, I'm just probably going to give it to them. But should someone try to enter my house and try to cause bodily harm to someone in my home, then we have to protect them. So I need to be able to stop you dead in your tracks and that's it. So that's when I decided that I needed a home defense weapon. Um, And then I picked up a little extra. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as well. I'm like, well, I'm here. I'll just pick up something else. So you, you got a, hand, a, a handbag to go with those heels or something like that. I, yeah, yes, exactly. All right. So, so I, I want to pivot back to kind of the training side that you talked about, right? Um, you know, you said there, there's a lot of different things that you can, you can look at as far as the right firearm, handgun or whatever for mm-hmm. you. Uh, but what are the steps that you took in regards to educating yourself? I mean, for you, you grew up in a household where, right. I mean, literally you had a firearm instructor in your house, right? That, that could do all those things. So one could have thought 
I, I know everything I need to know. Um, one, why did you decide to to learn more? And then kind of what what were those steps that you took to become more comfortable with this responsibility that you were taking on? Yeah. So like everything, like technology, everything is always progressing. So things are constantly changing. So I felt it was necessary, even though I've learned from an early age, that doesn't mean that I knew know or knew everything. So my goal was to continue to learn, continue to seek training, um, because like I said, every gun is different. So I need to learn on every single gun that mm. I plan to own. So the steps that I took for my training was the first thing, I live in Virginia now. So Virginia operates a little bit differently than Maryland and, um, and DC. So prior to January 1st, 2021, you could go online, you could take a gun safety course, you could print out your copy of your certificate, take it down to the courthouse, get fingerprinted, and apply for your concealed carry weapons license. Mm. So because I applied so long ago before January 1st of this year, that's the route that I took to get my concealed carry weapons license, but I didn't purchase an, um, a firearm until I took a class, mm. like an actual class. But I wanted to be prepared and already have my concealed carry weapons license in case I decided to walk out that day with the gun. Right, that's good. So that was the first step that I took. And then um, just going to gun shows really helped me determine what kind of gun I wanted to own, what felt most comfortable with me carrying it. Mm. Because even though I started carrying pretty immediately after I purchased the gun, I would carry with an empty magazine because I wanted to get used to it. I wanted to get used to the weight. I wanted to get used to bending over. I wanted to get used to wearing it with different types of clothes, dresses, jeans, leggings, sweaters, fitted clothing. Whatever the case may be, hey, I, want I to just want to let y'all know. She just said, "I stay strapped. Don't <laughs> don't let the yoga pants or the yes. the ball gowns fool you. You roll up on me, it's going to be some problems. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing that I love about the different types of things that are available to women now. Mm. You can get a t shirt that goes under your shirt that you cannot tell that I am carrying. So that's what I want because I don't open carry." I know a lot of people in Virginia are like, no, I'm going to open carry. It's my right. Well, that makes you a target mm. because if you're in a store and that store is being robbed at gunpoint and they see you have a gun, you're automatically a target. Whereas I'm going to put my hands in the air. I'll get on the ground. They're not going to pay any attention to me. So where they're not paying attention to me, I'm going to reach for my gun. That's real. And I'm going to protect everyone in that store. I'm not going to try and be a hero at all. But I'm absolutely going to be prepared, but I'm not going to be a target. But but, so, at, but at 25 yards, you hit center mass. We're just going to say it like yeah. that, right? <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's what I'm in for, too. So. <laughs> All right. So so you took classes. You then, you know, mm -hmm. with the gun shows. What else did you kind of do before you said, all right, I'm ready to to make this happen? Um, I had a conversation with my sisters and because so we're all. We all carry. Mm -hmm. We all have guns. We all carry. So I had a conversation with my sisters because I am the youngest and I wanted to talk through what that looked like and see to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. So at any decision, any major decision that I make, I always want another opinion. Mm. I might not go with that, but I do want to make sure that I'm looking at everything and thinking through everything before I make a decision to make sure that it's a sound decision. That's good. So just talking you know, taking lots and lots and lots of classes, doing a lot of research. Um, YouTube is super helpful. For example, I haven't been able to shoot two of my guns yet since I purchased them. And I have gone online to research how to take them down, which means take them apart, clean mm -hmm. them, put them back together. 
um, how to dry fire them because one is completely different from my other guns. Like you can't even shoot it if it doesn't have the magazine in it, which please don't call it a clip. Everyone, please call what it a magazine. Mean? 16 in the clip and one in the <laughs> right. hole. Nick exactly. Dogs like, is about to make some. I'm like, oh my goodness. A clip blows in my hair. Like, <laughs> so it's the magazine. But, you know, so I think that just doing as much research as possible um, really helps. You have to know how to take down a gun, you have to know how to clean a gun. That's the basics. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people at the range will tell you, oh, I haven't cleaned my gun since I bought it five years ago. I'm like, what? And how many rounds have you put through that? Oh, like a thousand. Excuse me. You mm. should have done that 950 ago. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think like the biggest thing for me is just a lot of research, a lot of um, knowing what you want. Don't just ask someone, hey, what kind of gun should I get? What kind of gun do you have? Well, that's cute. Or don't get it because it's cute. Right. Just because I want a Tiffany blue one. Well, I do have a Tiffany blue one. But <laughs> I know that <laughs> I, I know that I got it because of what it's good for. What I want to use it for serves its purpose. So um, I, I want to go two two paths here. Uh, the first is you, know, you, you spoke about, um, you know, having a home, children in a home. I want to kind of talk about, you know, how how have you, uh, you know, educated your children about it? If you have yet, as you know, or, or not. And then, you know, what are the precautions you take in your house to kind of protect? And then after that, I want to kind of go to. Uh, the fact that like the demographic that listen to this podcast is probably 55% female on here and kind of, you know, your experiences and, you know, your own personal experiences with carrying you know, any funny stories any not so funny stories, et cetera. So first kind of, you know, with, with your, with your family, right. So, you know, does your husband carry, um, you know, how, how did you all have that conversation about, um, the firearms in the house and then, you know, how do you handle it with your children? Yeah. So I have a blended family. Um, and so it's two different stages to that. Mm. So before my husband came around, I had already had a son and my son at the time when I purchased my first firearm was about four or five. Um, so he was too young for me to introduce him to firearms at mm. that time. Um, Maybe a couple years later before my husband and I started dating again, because <laughs> we dated back in high school, but before we started dating again, my son was at the age where he was old enough to go to the range. So I sat down and had a conversation with him. I sat down and had a conversation with his dad first um, because he carries as well. Mm. And I had a conversation just saying, Hey, I have a firearm. I'm going to talk to our son about it. And um, he was totally fine because like I said, I've had so much training and he knows that I'm safe. So my son, um, I showed it, showed it to him. Well, so what, what, age, what age was that that you felt that it was appropriate? Was about, about seven, I believe, because I know he was old enough to go to the range. In Virginia, seven is the age where they can come to the range. Okay. Um, so he was about seven. And, you know, he showed – at first he was a little bit scared of it. And so I asked him, like, what emotions are you having? What feelings are you having? So I asked him that with everything, not just guns. But if I see something in his face, I'm like, okay, what emotions are you having? Let's talk that through. What questions do you have? What fears do you have? And so we talked about those things. And now he will be 12 on Friday. And he asked me this morning, he's like, oh, mom, you're going to the range. Can I go with you? Mm. So he's very comfortable with guns. He knows I carry them. Um, So for my husband, he does not carry, but he's retired Air Force. He was a range instructor and a cop in the Air Force. So he, I completely, of course, like trust him 
if he, you know, mm. needed to grab my gun if somebody came in the house, like totally fine with that. Um, so the second part to that is that my bonus son is special needs mm. and he's about to be 13. So that's a totally different arena. I can't do what I would normally do. Like with my son, I was just keeping my gun loaded in my nightstand um, where he couldn't access it, but he knew it was around. Yeah. But I didn't even put us in that situation where he could, my stepson or my bonus son could find it and potentially something could happen because right. he doesn't understand, you know, he would think it's a toy. So when I married my husband and we moved together, um, we had a conversation like, okay, yes, we're going to continue to have guns in the house. However, here are the safety rules yeah. that we have to, because they are different now. So I do keep it unloaded. I keep it locked in a safe um, that I have quick access to. But I just, we just have chosen not to risk it because it's way more important. Like we can get into the safe quickly and load yeah, it up. Right. right. Real fast. That's good. That's um, good. I mean, it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's an interesting conversation, right? So we have multiple firearms in our house as well. And our children are younger than yours. So we have not yet had that conversation. But, um, you know, it is something like we even thought about it as we made our transition between Texas and California, right? As we started packing up things. You know, he's seeing certain bags kind of laying around or, or placing. And he's like, what's that bag for? Because he's never seen the bag before. Right. He's never seen the right. case before because it's always tucked away in certain places. Right. Um, but, you know, knowing, OK, he's, he, you know, the maturity yet to be able to process that conversation. But it's coming up. Right. As he becomes more aware and, and things like that, to have that that conversation about, hey, you know, we do have firearms and and, you know, understanding what it is like even. I mean, right now I have a black, we have black sons. Right. And so, you know, I've been sensitive even to the fact of him like getting toy guns, you know, yeah. and a Nerf gun and all these things. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't even want you to start thinking about shooting, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it just, you know, unfortunately there's just this fear that I have like, Hey I man, you're a black dude. You, you're, you know, very, um, you know, outgoing and gregarious and, you know, if you're out playing and thinking that it's just funny, like, I mean, shoot, we've seen young kids get shot because some cop thought that, you know, a uh, toy I've gun, seen. yeah, was was a real gun or, he, you know, he's pointing at people. So um, that, that's one of the things that I'm kind of still, that my wife and I will still kind of work through and, and kind of process. So, I mean, that, that's, that's some good advice for those that are listening. And I know that our, yeah. our audience has people uh, have, have children ranging in age, but it's, it's, it's an important conversation to have. And I think the other piece that you really kind of talked about, not only in your own upbringing, but also in the conversation that you're having with your children is explain me, you know, talk to me about the emotions. What are you thinking? What are you interpreting as well as, you know, hey, you you need to have a respect, but not a fear. Right. Because you you can put yourself in a situation that if you get if you're in fear, you're paralyzed, you know, and so that's that's real good. Yeah. And so we also have a toddler and interesting, like you said, you wanted to know about funny stories or not so funny stories. I have one story. I remember when I was pregnant with her, um, I stopped caring when I was pregnant for some reason, because I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you're pregnant, you just have an irrational fear of everything. I'm like, what if I just shoot my belly off? Like, <laughs> you know? So I stopped caring. And then I think, um, I don't remember what happened, but things kind of got crazy um, in the area that I was living in, in Fredericksburg. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start carrying my gun. And when I tell you, that was the most uncomfortable thing, like being nine months pregnant, trying to carry a gun 
with a holster, like, cause I appendix carry most of the time. Mm. Um, and I'm just like, okay, this is not going to work. So I, I did not carry for a long time. Like one, when I was pregnant until that point. And then after I had my daughter, because I didn't go anywhere. And then two, um, I always had her like on my shoulder or, mm. or on my hip, you know? So that was interesting. But one funny story that I specifically remember, um, because I've taken so many trains, I'm like, oh, okay, let me take this this advanced pistol class. <laughs> and I was reading the description. I had never taken this instructor before. Um, I tried to go to a new one because I had been to this other instructor like a million classes. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me try this new one. And I was reading the description and it said, you know, bring knee pads and bring like tons of ammo. I think it was like 200 rounds of ammo and um, bring a, uh, a belt and um, extra magazines. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let me go get some knee pads. And I was like, oh, I don't have knee pads. Like, okay, let me go get some knee pads. Right. Let me tell you, when I got to that class, they were carrying like these big, um, I don't know what they're called in the military because it's military, like these big heavy bags. Like I'm supposed to be carrying like a person across the field. We were down on the ground, like rolling around. During like halfway through the class, I was like, excuse me, this is a little too advanced for me. <laughs> Could not stay in this class. It was so intense. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was freezing outside. Hey, I'm like, yeah, this is not class for me. Stay ready. You don't got to get ready, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, and then he was timing us. He had like this, uh, I can't remember what it's called because I'm not like a gun guru, but uh, it's the little thing that you click and it beeps and then it times your your shots. Oh, really? I never... But I'm like, this is not it. Like, so so, did, so did, you, did you did you did you just bundle up and said I'll see you guys later or you worked at the I sure did <laughs> halfway through the class I was like hey this is not for me I'll try your other class like your intro class but this isn't it this is not the pistol two that I know right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like I'll see you later I did not sign up to run around in dirt like I just need to know like some good information I just need something new like this that's not what I needed I'm not going to war so that's real yeah I'm, yeah I know right. my limits. <laughs> <laughs> which we, we all should. Um, yeah. All right. So, so, the, so the second, the second part, right. If you, you know, what, what type of um, guidance or, um, you know, thoughts would you give to the, the ladies in the listening audience that are saying, man, that sounds awesome. Can she be my BFF? Let's go shooting. Um, <laughs> but in general, like, you know, somebody that may not have grown up in and around uh, firearms, et cetera, you know, what, what type of advice would you kind of give them in regards to, um, you know, I would say even beyond you saying like taking a class, go to, to gun ranges as a woman, right. Carrying, uh, you know, what, are, if you were to kind of communicate what, you know, what it means to you to be a woman that carries as well as, you know, other women into the fold, what would you, you know, what would your thoughts be on that? So the biggest thing for me or what got me most comfortable with being a black woman who carries is finding black women who carry. That's good. So for me, it was following, like you said, the age of social media. It's so accessible. You can search hashtags. Um, there are lots of them out there. So joining a community, like on Facebook, I'm a part of a few communities of black women who shoot. Mm. So for me, I just wanted to find people, <clears throat> excuse me, who look like me to be able to have that sort of foundation, environment, and support to be able to bounce things off of them, learn from them. Um, black women, we're always so willing to share our knowledge. That's right. And that's one thing I greatly appreciate about us. 
And I would go on YouTube and search these people and look at their YouTube for hours and hours and hours and then follow them. And some of them I've actually reached out to and they are so responsive. Awesome. Like I have in particular on Instagram who have a high following and anytime I either respond to their stories or comment in their section, or even if I send them a message like, Hey, this is what I experienced. What are your thoughts on this? They respond. They're very responsive and they're very willing to help, especially other black women. So find a community, find people who want to see you succeed. And this is what I tell people in anything, not just guns, find people who are where you want to be and will help you get there and want to see you succeed. That's what's up. Those are the key things. And that's what I did. I sought out people. So you have to do legwork. It's not just going to fall in your lap most times. So do the legwork, find people who are going to help you, who are positive influences and will be there to support you. That's awesome. Hey, I, I appreciate you. Um, you know, when you have a conversation with a woman, number one, things can go multiple ways. You have a conversation with a woman about guns. You never know where the conversation so goes. So I appreciate <laughs> your professionalism in this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and I hope that, that the listening audience got a lot of good knowledge on here. I mean, it's some some really good, you know, stories, but also, hey, this is a responsibility. Right. And and it's it's a, an opportunity for you to learn, uh, grow, protect yourself and. You know, it's 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 something that you can enjoy as well. I mean, obviously, you hopefully you've heard it in her voice about the passion behind it and the education behind this responsibility that you have. And so if it's something that you're interested in, you know, I, I definitely recommend it. My wife has a handgun. A lot of the ladies that I know have them. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for you to to have something else that is, you know, a uh, a real positive reassurance, but also something to um to connect with other women, which, you know, apparently there's a, a huge community of it. So single men, be careful, make sure you check their, uh, their Facebook groups before you start dating them. Um, yeah. so, um, thank you for, for joining us today. Um, if somebody wanted to connect with you to be, you know, somebody that can mentor them or guide them or be a part of this, uh, this community, uh, if you dare to share, you know, is there a way that folks might be able to connect with you and ask some questions, uh, the listening audience loves to to connect with our guest. Yeah. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And this has been great. Like, I will totally come back. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we, we, we want to talk multiple streams of income. Be, be ready for that. Yeah, one. absolutely. But yeah, if they want to connect with me. They can uh, find me on Instagram at Indra, I-N-D-R-A underscore Deliva, D-E-L-E-E-V-A. Um, so, yeah. I appreciate it's it. Our, so, you know. There it is. Well, Thank you for, uh, again, for being on the podcast and, um, you know, listening audience connoisseurs, be looking to be on the lookout for this conversation about multiple streams of income. Um, but again, I mean, if you, if this is your first time listening, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. There are so many more from season one and in this season two, uh, we encourage all of you all to like, share, subscribe, and more importantly, leave a review. Let let us know what you like, what you didn't like. If you'd hate my voice, whatever it is, just let me know. At least let me know you're listening. Um, but, you know, if you, you know, uh, hashtag us or uh, um, tag us on on social media, we will definitely repost you and, and go from there. So, again, thank you all for tuning in to All Things Fine and Gentry. We appreciate you all and we will see you after a while.